0: Hi, hello, and welcome back to the 1983 National Football League Draft. And with the first round pick, Elway. Welcome in, everybody, to Trickle Down Theories with your host, Eric Trickle. NFL And with the first round pick, Deion Sanders. I was kind of scared. I thought the show was going to take me. I would have asked for so much money that I had to put me on layaway. Welcome back to the NFL Draft. Good young players. with the draft's all about. You're in and you're out. Welcome back to the Draft. sheep receivers, running back, tackle, quarterback. Every year the draft, there has been a trade. Ricky Williams. John Dolphins. On back to the Good morning, afternoon, or evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the trickle down theories podcast. I'm your host, Eric trickle on trickle down theories. We talk about all things NFL draft, and we have a small focus on the Denver Broncos. As I am an analyst with my we talk about anything and everything signing trades, rosters, team needs, just as I said, anything and everything. Fortunately, I don't have anybody joining me today. It was kind of last second for the recording. Some stuff came up that I wouldn't be able to record at my normal time that I normally do. So I'm coming to you by myself, and uh, hopefully you guys still enjoy it without the help of a co-host here, and don't mind listening to me rant on for 20 to 30 minutes. Anyways, I do have a few topics for to discuss today. One of them is going to be Vance Joseph. There's going to be a couple questions from Broncos fans, and I'm going to talk about, rather briefly, the Denver Broncos coaching staff in general and their depth chart. So it's going to be a pretty packed episode today with multiple topics. The first thing I want to talk about, though, is Vance Joseph and why it's time for a lot of Bronco fans to lay off and uh, just kind of ease up on their criticism of him. He's getting blamed for a lot of stuff that wasn't really his fault last year. He didn't have as much power as most head coaches do. A lot of the power went to the coordinators, even rookie special teams coordinator and rookie defensive coordinator Brock Calivo and Joe Woods. Basically, Vance Joseph was just a figurehead last year. He didn't get that much of a say, which is really disappointing because we have no idea of what he can do as a coach. This year is he's going to finally be in that role. He's going to be coaching the coaches. He's going to actually be the head coach. He's going to be making those decisions. And one great thing from this year or with this year compared to last year is he actually has a voice when it comes to the draft. And I find it funny that last year's draft class is so hated, but this year's is – Absolutely loved. Well, one difference is is that Vance Joseph has a voice. He has a say in a lot of these picks. He got to voice his opinion. He got to be heard. And that was something that wasn't really there last year. It was basically the scouts, the veteran coaches, and John Elway making the decisions. So having Vance Joseph have a say when he is known as a talent evaluator is something that's going to be really big. And I am curious to see how this steps forward. That is one reason why that it's time for fans to lay off of him a little bit is – well, actually, two reasons. The fact that he finally has a voice was finally had a hand in picking the draft class, and in the fact that he has a little bit more power this year than he does compared to last year. And then another reason is that why is it that rookies are given time? To- rookie players are given time to adapt and grow into the NFL, but coaches aren't. Like I know I've been really harsh of Vance Joseph, and I was sitting there and I knew that he. I th- I thought for sure he was going to be fired. I was. Really happy to hear the news that he was going to be fired before John Elway and company decided to change their minds and retain him for the year. I was so excited, but again, we don't know how he's going to grow. We don't know how he's going to develop as a head coach. For all we know is that he can become a great head coach. That this last year, when there was a lot more going on with this team than just him, that maybe he can take the step forward and be a solid coach. Last year, again, there were so many issues there. And I'm not saying that he was a great coach last year because he wasn't. There was a lot of things he needed to work on. Time management was one of them. And a lot of that fell on Mike McCoy and the offense. And, again, it's just the players weren't that great last year. The quarterback position really held back the team. The offensive line wasn't spectacular. The defense had issues. But – he kept them fighting. He kept them together. He kept them as a unit. And granted, there were games that they completely got blown out where the team started to quit, but he ended up driving them back and helping them win some games late down the stretch. And I know there's going to be some fans out there that are going to say, oh, that was a mistake, that they let the, that they won those games because they missed out on top quarterback. Well, Denver is not a team that's going to tank. They're not going to purposely lose a game or games. They're going to go out there. They're going to want to win every single game they possibly can. And that's what Vance Joseph was doing. That's what the team wanted to do. They went out there and they won those games. And there was a noticeable change of Vance Joseph, the coach, when Bill Musgrave took over as offensive coordinator after Mike McCoy was fired. So, again, I'm just really excited to see how he is able to develop as a head coach and be able to grow from where he was last year. Because, again, so many issues on this team last year that just that weren't all on him. And as for the rest of the coaching staff, they've got some pretty talented coaches. I really like Bill Musgrave. He is really well known for being able to adapt his scheme around the players. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does with um, Case Keenum and the rest of the Broncos' offense. You're not going to. Uh, no one should be expecting a vertical offense that we really saw with the Oakland Raiders in 2016 or prior to that. I think we're going to be seeing a basically a dink and dunk offense. This short throws, short, easy throws, allow Case Keenum to get in a rhythm and make these throws and execute, open up the run game, and let the receivers make a play after the catch. And it's going to be it's gonna be fun to see what how this takes a step forward, this offense under a full offseason of Bill Musgrave, where he's not trying to change so much in just a short time. Joe Woods, kind of like with Vance Joseph, Joe Woods was a rookie coordinator last year, and at times the defense really struggled and – he sort of kept them on track, and outside of a few games, they really never stopped playing or trying hard. Um, I'm curious to see how he is going to take the next step in his ability as a coach as well. The special teams coordinator is a guy who's highly respected through the NFL, not a rookie guy, which I'm glad to really see back. Jeep Christ, Reggie Herring, like they have so many respected offensive or um, coaches all around on their staff. I'm really excited about the addition of Sean Kugler as their offensive line, interior offensive line coach. And I love the fact that they're having two offensive line coaches, one for the tackles and one for the interior offensive line. This is going to split up the duties and this is going should hopefully help with the development of these offensive linemen. But I think the most underrated hire that people aren't quite talking about as much is Mike Sullivan as the quarterback's coach. I think that he's really good at working and trying to develop co- um, quarterbacks So it's going to be interesting to see what he does with Paxton Lynch and Chad Kelly this year and see if he's able to develop them and make one of them look like that they could be the future of the franchise at the quarterback position. And if you guys know, I am not the biggest fan of Chad Kelly. I think he's a little bit overrated, but if he's able to turn Chad Kelly into something and prove me wrong, then I'm all for it. Like When it comes to the success of the Denver Broncos, when it comes to the success of the Denver Broncos players, I am more than happy to be proven wrong by the players by them becoming something that I didn't think that they could be. So if Chad Kelly's able to be that guy, then I'm all for it. I don't think he can be, but we'll see. With working with Mike Sullivan, that will definitely be a help and really potentially could cause that change that's needed. I think that there is some concern about the new running backs, running backs coach Curtis Motkins, and the new offense or the new wide receivers coach and Zach Kazani. Uh, I like both these guys. I like their body of work. I like what they've done in their careers and I'm really curious to see how they take this step forward. All in all, this, this coaching staff has me really hopeful. It's not like last year where it was like a dream team on coaching staff that ended up failing. It is a lot of guys that you have some hope for that have a really good reputation throughout the NFL. Some guys definitely need to take a step forward and develop as a coach and work on developing their players. So it's Obviously it's up in the air, but again, it's got me got me a little bit excited as coaching staff does. But again, it all comes down to Vance Joseph. And as I said before, it is time for Broncos fans to lay off a bit and ease up and just let him see what he can do. If he can't be successful, even if they if they end up going like eight and eight and missing the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised if Vance Joseph gets fired. He's on a short leash. Even though he has more power, he's still on a short leash. So he's still got to exceed expectations. And with the what they believe to be a greatly improved quarterback position with Case Keenum, then I don't think 8-8 eight eight will be acceptable for them. I think that John Elway is looking at a 10-6 and six record at the very least with a playoff spot. So we'll see what happens. But I think Denver can do it, And but it all comes down to can Vance Joseph develop like he needs to? Can some of these players develop like they need to? Can some of these other coaches develop like they need to? and take this team to the next level. And before I move on, I was going to talk about this with Vance Joseph too. Another thing that I see a lot is, well, the Denver Broncos made a mistake with um, hiring Vance Joseph over Kyle Shanahan. And I don't think they did personally. Yes, I'm granted that Kyle Shanahan is doing some good work in San Francisco and he's got a franchise quarterback and all this stuff. But that's the thing is that once they went and got a franchise quarterback, the San Francisco 49ers started doing well. It shows the value of a franchise quarterback even with a good coach or somebody who looks like a good coach in Kyle Shanahan. It's his first year coaching, and it wasn't super spectacular. He had a lot of issues as well, but the change happened when he got a franchise quarterback. Can Denver see that similar change under Vance Joseph with Case Keenum as their quarterback, a guy who might be able to be a franchise quarterback. You're so dependent on a franchise quarterback that you have to be aware of that and pay attention to it. And there was a lot more at play as to why they went with fans Joseph over Kyle Shanahan. A lot of stuff is stuff I'm not confident in putting out there just simply because it's just stuff that's been heard through the grapevine, through the rumor mill, so to speak. But um, there's, just, there's definitely more at play at it. And Denver went and they got the guy that they really liked, and hopefully it pans out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. If it does, it does. And granted, with hindsight, with Kyle Shanahan – potentially doing well in San Francisco and Vance Joseph failing in Denver Bronco fans can say all they want that they made a mistake but we will never know for sure how Kyle Shanahan would look if he was the head coach of the Denver Broncos because we don't we don't know what the changes in the system and or not the system but in the organization the structure di- difference and all that stuff we don't know how much change that would bring to Kyle Shanahan developing as a head coach compared to Vance Joseph. We don't. There's all these variables that we just cannot judge. So it's fine to believe that Denver made a mistake, but there was more at play there. And let's see how Vance Joseph does this year and ease up a bit on the guy. Now, as for the depth chart, after I've talked about the coaching staff, I want to talk about the depth chart a little bit. I did make a pretty rough guess at a depth chart on... Google Sheets and I tweeted out a couple weeks ago. I'm gonna pull it up and just look over it and go over it just rather briefly. Obviously, you have your kicker and your punter and Brandon McManus and Marquette King, and that's pretty much that. They don't have a competition for either one of those positions anymore. Then at Long Snapper, you have Crazy Kreider and Christian Kuntz. Again, I think it's gonna be Kreider. I, I don't think Denver saves enough money to make a change there. But the big difference that I see is at on special teams, anyways, is that returner. I really think that Isaiah McKenzie's on his way out. And I do have a full article on this, so I'm not coming out soon. So I'm not going to harp on it too much. But Philip Lindsay and Jordan Taylor, they looked so much better. Well, Jordan Taylor looked so much better as a returner last year when he was given the opportunity. And Philip Lindsay, when he was in college and he was returning, he looked a lot better than what we saw from Isaiah McKenzie. Denver's going to give him a shot at returning. Jordan Taylor's still around. The key is you got to feel the punt cleanly first and foremost, and Isaiah McKenzie has had that issue. Quarterback, Case Keenum. Paxton Lynch, Chad Kelly. Obviously, there's a quarterback competition for the backup spot, but there's a lot more at play here. I have a whole article on it, and Chad Kelly's not going to get a fair shot. So feel free to read that article. It's up at mylinehuddle.com. Running back, Devonta Booker, Royce Freeman, D'Angelo Henderson, David Williams, Philip Lindsay. I could potentially see all five of these running backs make it, especially if Philip Lindsay ends up winning the returner spot. David Williams would help complement. These other running backs, he'll add some power between the tackles. D'Angelo Henderson, he's that prototypical scat back, has a little bit of Maurice Jones drew drew to him, and he can sit there and make some big plays with his legs as a receiver or as a runner. Royce Freeman, Devontae Booker, those are going to be your 1A, 1B backs. They're going to be, between the tackles, um, elusive guys that can go pick up the tough yardage and ease up a defense before Henderson Williams and maybe even Lindsay comes out. Andy Janovich I see is a long shot making this roster simply because he just hasn't lived up to expectations. He's a really good blocker. He's a solid special teamer and he kind of regressed this last year. He hasn't had much chance with the ball in his hands to do much, but there's a lot of hopes for him going in this last year and it just kind of fell flat. Now, at the receiver position you have, and I know I have a couple questions about this, so as I'm talking about this, I'm going to address these questions and At receiver, I do have this one. It's um by Roger off of Twitter. It's if Hamilton wins a number three receiver job because his route running, what will Sutton's role likely be this season? And that's actually a great question that I will be touching up on in this. It is going to be basically what I'm looking at is you have Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders as your one and two. Now, Deshaun Hamilton and Cortland Sutton are gonna be your number three A three B receiver. And here's what I mean by that is when Cortland Sutton comes onto the field, Emmanuel Sanders will move into the slot, and you'll have Thomas and Sutton out as your out, um, wide receivers, the guys out wide on the boundary. If Corlin Sutton's not coming on the field and Hamilton is, then you'd probably see Thomas and Sanders as your boundary receivers with Hamilton in the slot. You also have Carlos Henderson, who can sit there and throw a wrench in it, depending on how he's developed. And then after that, you've got guys like Tim Patrick, Jimmy Williams, John D. Kenny Bell, River Craw, Kraft, Isaiah McKenzie, and Jordan Leslie and whichever of those guys make it. And Jordan Taylor will be in there in two as he'll probably be that number five receiver, but more like a four, number four receiver with Sutton and Sam Hamilton being the 3A, 3B, so to speak. Tight end is a position that I still think should be addressed with the veteran. And I touched on this in an article that was talking about veteran players that Denver should still look at. And then basically the whole idea of this is that Denver is extremely inexperienced at tight end. Their top two tight ends, Jake Button, Troy Fumagalli, have zero NFL snaps. Austin Trailer played a little bit. Jeff Hiramans played a little bit. Brian Parker and Matt Lacoste have played a little bit. But they are still very inexperienced. They don't have that much there. And one thing is that I can say if Denver does move on from Andy Janovitz, Austin Trailer would be a name to watch to kind of fill that fullback role in certain situations. Now, on the offensive line, I'm going to start left to right. And I do have a question about the right guard and right tackle. So or offensive tackle in general. So I will address those as well. And Miguel A. Montoya off of Twitter asked, have we done enough at offensive tackle? I think Denver has for now, but I think that they're kind of neglecting the future of it. And I'll get into that. Garrett Bowles, obviously, he's getting, entering another year of organized football. It's his fourth year only. So we got to see him take that step forward. I think that having another year of football under his belt and full another offseason And all this stuff is going to help him develop and grow. We got to see him get a little bit less grabby. We got to see his technique a little bit improve, and we gotta see him be a little bit more aware. Behind him, you have Menelik Watson and Elijah Wilkerson, those guys that are looking battling for that swing tackle position with Menelik Watson likely winning it. And he'll be in competition for guard as well, primarily right, primarily right guard. Then at right tackle you have Jared Valdir, Cyrus Guanggio, Andreas Knapp, and Leon Johnson. Um, basically those guys are going to be competing for a potential number four backup tackle spot, but mostly for the practice squad. So I don't see much there. And what I mean by that, I think they've done enough for now, but not for long-term is that none of these guys are really great developmental guys that Denver can count on and really work and shoot at developing and growing into a starting offensive tackle. And if Jared Valdir gets hurt, which he has a a really bad injury history of, then they can be in some trouble there. I wish that they've gotten a guy like Matt Pryor from TCU, who's a little bit of a safer pick, who can come in and play tackle right away, but doesn't have as much upside. Somebody to provide some insurance for Jared Vilt here if he gets hurt, but obviously Denver didn't do that. So I think they did end up doing – I don't know. They did enough, but not enough at the same time. Now for guard, I do have – a question about guard as well. And it is, what is the plan for right guard from Sarah's Chang on Twitter? Again, all these questions are just going to be off of Twitter. Uh, What's going to happen at right guard is you're going to see Connor McGovern and Billy Turner compete and Manalik Watson may be thrown in there as well. Now, Billy Turner, Denver really liked what they saw from him last year on the right side, both guard and tackle before he got hurt. And so they want to see if he can sit there and duplicate that. And when he was on tape, it wasn't bad, but he ended up getting hurt. Really early on into his season and ended up being placed on injured reserve. So it's going to be curious to see what he's able to do as he comes back. And I really like Connor McGovern. I think that his to end the last season, I think he did well. Not as great as some fans are saying, but I think he did well enough to deserve a shot at the starting job. And then left guard, you have Ron Lee or Max Garcia and Sam Jones. Sam Jones might be competing at center as well, and I'll get into that here in a bit. And you have Ron Leary and Max Garcia. Ron Leary is going to be the starter. Max Garcia, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up off the team. Now, that wraps up the offensive side of the ball. And really quickly, going over the defense, you have safeties. And basically, you're looking at five guys here. And four of them that you can look at right down in Sharpie are Justin Simmons, Will Parks, Darian Stewart. Unless he gets traded, that could always change things. If Darian Stewart gets traded, which is a possibility after June 1st a Cravens, and then you have DeMonte Thomas and Jamal Carter, Trey Marshall, and Jordan Moore. Jamal Carter is a fan favorite, but DeMonte Thomas looked a little bit better when he saw the football field last year. So that's going to be something that I'm going to keep an eye on personally. Moving into linebacker, you have Brandon Marshall, Todd Davis, Josie Jewell, Keishon Barrera, Zaire Anderson, Joseph Jones, and Gerald Garcia-Williams. Basically, you're going to be having Joseph Jones and Gerald Garcia-Williams competing for a practice squad spot there anderson might be around as well but i think the four linebackers you're looking at are brandon marshall brera jewel and davis with jewel potentially unseating todd davis as a starter i think he does is a little bit of an upgrade especially in pass coverage so we'll see what happens there then out wide you have brendan langley bradley Roby, cj smith tremaine brock michael hunter isaac yidam marcus rios and chris harris now with Isaac Yidem, I think that Denver has a similar situation as to what they had at, have at wide receiver, is that when the Isaac Yidem is going to end up with the number three corner, so to speak, but when he takes the field, he's going to be out on the boundary with either Bradley Roby or Chris Harris moving into the slot, and then you have Tremaine Brock as well. Brandon Langley's got to develop, and Marcus Rios is breathing down his neck, and C.J. Smith is right there too, and they really like C.J. Smith, and they really like what they have and what they were able to see in Michael Hunter. So it's going to be interesting to see what how this cornerback position works um, plays out. Now, this is the one that a lot of people are concerned about is the outside linebacker spot because Von Miller is working with the defensive line, and Bradley Chubb, Shane Ray, Shaq Barrett, Jeff Holland, Maponga, deandre smout Marcus Rush—they're all working with the outside linebackers group, which doesn't actually have a coach. Now, what they're doing is they're going to be coached by Reggie Herring and Bill Collar. They're going to see time with both these guys. are going to, Both these coaches are going to be working with them on separate things, and both coaches are highly respected at what they do. So, I am actually pretty happy that Denver is doing it this way and it's kind of like with the offensive line how they have an interior guy and an outside guy that they're just focused on that it's a little bit different because these guys are going to be getting coached by both these guys but just on different areas which will take some pressure off them so they can spend time with the defensive line learning some pass rush technique and some run defense technique and they can be working with the linebackers coach Reggie Herring as with some pass coverage technique and some other run defense technique as well. I really like what they see here, and the plan is to have Bradley Chubb start over Shane Ray. The Denver Broncos were shopping Shane Ray and Shaq Barrett during the NFL Draft. They just didn't have any takers, and as a result, they well, also Bradley Chubb played a role in this. They declined Shane Ray's fifth year option, and they do have interest in bringing Shaq Barrett back on an extension. Then they have had some preliminary talks about that as well. Then Jeff Holland, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if Jeff Holland makes this roster in some way because he is so good and he should have been drafted. I can see Denver moving Shane Ray during the preseason or right before the regular season and bringing Jeff Holland in to replace him. And Bradley Chubb is going to be an outside linebacker. He's not going to be defensive lineman. You're not going to see him come in as a five-tech and rush. You're not. That's not his job. What you do have at five-tech is you have Adam Gosses, Shelby Harris, Demarcus Walker, Paul Boyette, Derek Wolfe, Clinton McDonald, Zach Kerr, and Deshaun Williams. Now, if you want an interior rusher who can rush from that five-tech spot, you have Clinton McDonald, Shelby Harris, and Demarcus Walker. Those guys are kind of your interior pass rush specialists. I think Demarcus Walker will be a little bit better as a three tech in sub packages and being able to get after the quarterback there. But Denver has some potential, and they really boosted their potential to get after the quarterback from the inside. Adam Gotsis and Derek Wolf. There's some questions about them. Derek Wolf with his help, Adam Gotsis with the off field. So that's going to open up some line there. And then Zach Curry, he's a versatile. Defensive lineman who can play as the nose in certain packages. He can play outside as a five deck. He can play as a three deck. He can move him around and have him be a versatile piece. Then at nose tackle, you have Dhammata, Kyle, Peko, and Lawa Latulele. This is one where it's going to all depend on, well, obviously you have Dhammata, as the starter, but for the backup spot, it's all going to depend on Lawa Latulele and his desire and his effort. Is he going to want to put the effort in to be a good player or is he just going to be okay at what he's doing so we'll see what happens there well before i get to the last question i do want to say and take the time to remind you listeners to give us a click and subscribe to us on itunes and stitcher don't forget to share us on facebook and twitter if it wasn't without you listeners we wouldn't be here today so please take the time go to iTunes or speaker rate and subscribe and let your voices be heard on how well you enjoy the show and not just trickle down theories, but the other ones building the Broncos and Chad and Zach's show as well, which I just can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. I had it when I started talking. Oof, I'm a scattered brain today. Anyways, it would all be very much appreciated. If you guys would go do this because again, it's you the listeners who enable us to do something that we all love to do. So please take the time and help spread us around. Now, the last question of the day is going to be from E off of Twitter. Will this staff finally be willing to play rookies? We have never seen it with Fox, Kubiak, or Joseph last season. I am tired of seeing the same old, same old philosophy of these guys are vets, so they should always play. You never know. You could actually find gold with young players. Now, I'm going to sit here and dispute his question a little bit because last year we saw a lot of rookies play what rookies that could. We saw a lot of guys get hurt. We saw a guy move around. But Garrett Bowles was a starter. He came in as a starter. Isaiah McKenzie came in as a starter. Demarcus Walker, he ended up being moved around, so he didn't end up seeing much time. D'Angelo Henderson ended up not seeing much time. And then you had uh, um, Chad Kelly and Carlos Henderson get hurt, and they, missed this, they ended up missing the season. So you saw Denver play rookies last year. You saw it under Kubiak as well. You saw him play rookies but the issue is with veterans is that there's a lot less to the thing with veterans. Anyway, it's not the issue with veterans is that they have a lot less that they have to learn. They've been in the NFL for a while. They may have to grow to the playbook a little bit, but they do know it. But yes, this year you'll should be seeing a lot of rookies play in the games. You should see a lot of even guys from last year. You probably will see quite a bit of DeMarcus Walker and Carlos Henderson, see the action as well. And then Basically, every rookie this year, I think that you're going to see quite a bit of time from, I mean, Bradley Chubb, they expect to be a starter. Sutton and Hamilton, they will be seeing a lot of action as Denver was very disappointed in their receiver court and they focused on revamping that. Royce Freeman and David Williams, obviously David Williams, it depends on him making the roster. But if he's makes it, then you'd probably see him get five, ten snaps a game in certain situations on offense. Royce Freeman's going to be competing for the starting job. Isaac Yitem is going to be up there with a with the starters. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up as the number three guy. Josie Jewell and Keyshawn Brera; those are two guys that are going to be competing. They'll see a lot of times on special teams and probably on defense for Jewell at least. Now, before I get out of here, I, that was going to be the last question, but I actually had another one come in as I was talking about that, and it was, is there any inside interest in signing Mercedes Lewis to a deal? There was prior to the draft, and this is from Lance Sanderson on Twitter. There was prior to the draft, but then I think Denver just kind of wanted to wait, and I think Mercedes Lewis kind of wanted to wait. I wouldn't be surprised if Denver revisits this sometime down the road, maybe in middle of June, end of June, or even July, a little bit before training camp, with a lot of veterans that they like to avoid the whole mini camps and OTAs and just get back to work in training camp. They like to take that time off and let their bodies rest before coming back. It does put them at a little bit of a disadvantage as they have to learn a new playbook. But again, they're so experienced that they shouldn't have that hard of a time. They know what they've got to do. They know their jobs and they know the basics of it all. So I, I would be surprised if Denver does. They definitely could use a veteran, as I was talking about before when I was talking about the tight end position. They are very inexperienced at tight end, so that is something that they need to bring in. They need to bring in somebody who can help those young guys grow and develop and somebody that they can rely on if those guys get hurt. Anyways, that's going to wrap up this episode of Trickle Down Theories. Please, as I said before, leave a like and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Eric trickle. There's the at mile huddle and there's the at huddle up pod for the podcasts. That's where all of our work comes from. Mile huddle obviously is where I write for it. And that's where all of our written work comes from, or you can just go to mile But on Twitter, you can always reach me there at Eric trickle. Again, any kind of question, I'm always more than willing to respond. I have been a little bit on the, in the dark right now on Twitter because, and not much of a presence because as a, If you guys have been listening to this, I just moved into a new apartment and I've been busy unpacking. I'm currently squeezed in between a part of my couch and a bunch of stuff that has been taken out of boxes that has just been stacked up on the other side of our couch. So I'm kind of crammed up in here, but I've been working on getting this back and the apartment back and the podcast going again and getting my presence back up on Twitter But again, that's why I've been dark. But you can still reach me on there. When I check Twitter and I have a question, I am more than willing to respond, as I said. And again, we thank you all so much because without your support, we wouldn't be here without you. Anyways, I had a great time sitting here talking. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it and had a wonderful time listening to it. And again, if you guys are listening to this and you guys have anything you want to point out to me or say to me, again, Twitter. That's the best way to get a hold of me. Anyways, I want to thank you all for listening to Trickle Down Theories. And have a wonderful day. Mile High Puzzle.